turn in God's word to Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10 is found on page 1165 of the Pew Bible. Last week we considered the subject of marriage and divorce. And the rest of chapter 10 is about receiving the kingdom of God. And we see how to receive it like little children, like a beggar, and then how not to receive it like a rich man and like the disciples at the end of the chapter. Just read uh, the short passage, Mark chapter 10, and it's verses 13 to 16. Listen, this is God's word. Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Amen. May God bless us the reading of his word. Well, on Christmas morning, when uh, your children were opening up their presents, I wonder if you heard the following responses. Oh, mom, you shouldn't have. I don't deserve that. Or, oh, dad, how much do I owe you for this great gift? I'm sure not. Children don't hesitate when they get presents. They don't question whether they deserve it. They have no thought of how to pay you back. Instead, they happily receive it. And that's what we want. You give your kids gifts out of your love for them. Well, Jesus in our passage teaches us a value from the example of children, that you are to be like children when it comes to receiving the kingdom. But he also teaches us that children of believers are included in the kingdom. So I want you to notice Jesus tells us that children belong to his kingdom and that you are to receive the kingdom like a little child coming empty-handed but trusting in Christ for he is full of compassion. So firstly, you are to bring your children to Jesus, verse 13. We read of parents bringing their children to Jesus. This shows the parents' respect for Jesus. They believe that he is someone special. They believe in what Jesus was saying, that he is the king. Otherwise, why would they be seeking a blessing from him? It's also interesting to note that Mark uses the masculine pronoun here. And so we're to realize that that it's not just mothers, but it's fathers who are bringing their children to Jesus. Isn't that significant? Often when it comes to spiritual matters in the home, it's left to the mother's domain. I remember back in Ireland doing door-to-door, a frequent response would be when you met a man at the door is, oh wait, I'll get the wife. She would be better to talk to about that. And sadly, that can be seen in Christian homes as well. It's left to the mother to teach the children the Bible, to teach the children to sing praises, to pray with the children. Now, yes, the fathers are um, busy, 
Um, but at the same time, it's still a father's responsibility. And so I hope that's not the case in this church. Yes, man, you may be busy, but take the time to instruct your children. Read to your children Bible stories. Pray for your children. Set before them an example that demonstrates that men are able to speak of Jesus Christ, of their faith in Jesus Christ. Don't let children here think that Christianity is only for women. And what does it mean for Jesus to bless these little children? Is he taking them in his arms and simply wishing them good luck? Is it simply for the parents to be able to say when their child has grown up, did you know that Jesus Christ held you in his arms? No, this is not the parents being superstitious or sentimental. They're seeking Jesus' blessing. These parents recognize that Jesus is the king, and they were trusting in him for their salvation, but their desire was for Jesus to work not only in their lives, but also in their children's lives. They knew that Jesus welcomed children, and we read of that in Mark chapter 9, verse 36, taking a little child in his arms, saying, Whoever receives one of these little children in my name receives me, and whoever receives me receives not me, but him who sent me. Jesus, Almighty God, the King, he receives children to himself. He calls even children to be his disciples. That's the blessing that these parents wanted. And you likewise are to seek God's blessing in your children's lives by bringing them to Jesus. Well, when are you to do this? When your children come of age? When they have reached understanding? Well, no, we read that the children that were being brought to Jesus were small enough that Jesus could hold them or take them up into his arms. Mark describes them as little children. Luke suggests that they are babies. So do not think your children are too young to be instructed. Now, yes, what you teach them will be different. That, um, what you teach them will be different if they're a toddler compared to being a teenager. But there are lots of excellent resources to teach young children the Bible. And you can find some on the book table over there. You should ask other parents here in the church to find out what they have used. Let your children hear you sing, hear you pray from their earliest days. It's incredible what children pick up from a young age. And by doing this, you're showing to them that this is normal. So bring your children to Jesus so they know his blessing. Well, secondly, you're not to hinder children coming to Jesus. Verse 14. So while Jesus is ready to receive the children to himself, his disciples were not. Possibly they felt that Jesus is just too busy. Uh, Jesus had prophesied of his coming death, and they saw his urgency in going to Jerusalem. And so they might have thought that he shouldn't be wasting his precious time on these children. His focus instead should be on teaching the crowds. And so they rebuked these parents. They scolded them. They told them to stop it. And this reveals their hearts. That they saw these children of these parents as unimportant. And that was a common view of children at that time. Children, as I mentioned a few weeks ago, had no social standing in society. A letter was discovered in Alexandria, written at a similar time of Christ's ministry, 
And this letter demonstrates the low view of children. It's written by a husband to his expectant wife, saying, if the child was a male child, let it live. But if it's a female, cast it out. And infanticide was a practice in the Roman Empire that was not outlawed until AD 375. So children were seen as weak. They were seen as having nothing to offer and could easily be disposed of. Jesus' disciples had similar thoughts then to the culture that was around them by thinking these children were unimportant. And it showed an arrogance in that they thought that Jesus was only interested in people like themselves, that adults have something to offer that children do not. But Jesus was never interested in what people had to offer. He goes, exactly, he goes to exactly those people who have nothing to offer and yet were humble enough to admit it. He went to the tax collectors. He went to the sinners. He went to the crippled and the blind. He even went to these disciples. And so it's no wonder that Jesus was indignant with the disciples. And this is strong language. He was angry. It literally means he was much grieved by his disciples. This is the only time this word is even used in the New Testament. And so Jesus' disciples, they were misrepresenting him by saying that he had no time for children, that he's not gracious towards them. Ferguson writes, what to the disciples was an exercise of their authority was to Jesus a complete distortion of the kingdom of God. Jesus clearly loves the children. He does not exclude them. He lifts them up into his arms. He holds them and he blesses them. And so it was wrong for these disciples to forbid them from coming to Jesus. I wonder, do we ever behave like the disciples? Do we ever hinder children from coming to him? And there are many ways in which we do this. And maybe you don't see children as your thing. That's for someone else to do. God is bringing children. He's bringing children into this church. And you are to respond by taking an interest in the children here. You're to talk to them. You're to take the opportunities that are there to minister to them. How you speak of church has a massive influence on your children. If you're critical of everything about church... Well, do not be surprised if your children take this criticism to heart and they want nothing to do with the church. Another way we hinder children is when we allow them to make decisions regarding spiritual matters. Now, there are many decisions that we do not let our children take, whether it's going to school in the morning or whether it's eating their vegetables. So why would you let them decide if they want to go to church? Growing up in my home, it was never a question of whether we're going to church on a Sunday. We were never given that decision. And so it became a habit. It became a norm that would be hard to break free from. Another hindrance for children is often how we placate to children by providing an alternative to church. So, for example, Sunday school during the morning worship service. Now, there may be good intentions behind this. But ultimately, it will hinder the children ever going to church. And it will hinder them then from coming to know Christ. They see Jesus Christ as someone for older people. 
that Christianity is not a concern for children or young adults. Instead, that's something to think about later on in life. Now, thankfully, our church here has made this a priority to include children in the worship service. And yes, at times, that can be difficult. But long term, you're telling your children where they should be. This should be a priority in your life. So be careful you're not hindering your children coming to Jesus by making him out as irrelevant in their lives. So do not hinder the children coming to Jesus. Well, thirdly, teach your children that they belong to Christ's kingdom. Verse 14. These verses are often misunderstood. It's not simply that the characteristics of a little child is what qualifies them to the kingdom of God. That is what is said in verse 15, and we'll look at that in the next point. But verse 14 is saying more than that. Jesus is saying that the kingdom of God belongs to these children. The kingdom belongs to such as these. The grammar points to the kingdom being in their possession. The kingdom belongs to these children in front of Jesus. He cannot be saying, for of such of these is the kingdom of God, but not these children right here. Kevin de Young gives the illustration, imagine you're a coach and you're talking about one of your players and you said, it's players like that that make our team great. It's players like that, but not that one, but ones like him. Or you're talking about your wedding day and you say, such days will never be forgotten. Such days like this, but not this one. This one I will forget. Other, other days similar to this one I will not forget. No, it's inclusive. The kingdom of God belongs to such as these children. Now, it does not mean that all children naturally belong to the kingdom. Quite the opposite, in fact. Naturally, we, including children, we're all children of wrath. Children are not innocent. They are sinners. They are in need of salvation. But God does work in the lives of children. Matthew 11, verse 25 At that time, Jesus answered and said, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, that you have hidden these things from the wise and the prudent and have revealed them to babes. And these particular children here have a special status. Their parents are confident of Jesus Christ, that he is the one who would come and rescue them. And so it's no wonder that they ask him to bless their children. So these children here are covenant children. And this stems from when God made a covenant with Abraham and his children after them. And likewise, the same covenant applies to the parents here and to their children, that they too would know God's blessing. Well, this is God's pattern. And this became evident in the New Testament church. Peter preached in Acts 2 and repeated this covenant to Abraham, but applied it to New Testament believers. And so children are included in the New Testament church. We read in Ephesians 6, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. These children were seen as belonging to the Lord. And that's why we baptize children of believers. We recognize that they are in a privileged position. We don't treat them as little pagans until they make a profession No, we see that the kingdom belongs to them, that they are in this special position. Now, it's not that you become presumptive. 
These children can reject this blessing. They can forfeit the privilege that they now enjoy. and They can become covenant breakers. They break the succession of the covenant from one generation to the next. And that's why it's important to teach them and to pray for them. Sadly, we can be so concerned about giving our children the best education, the best opportunities to excel in sport or music, the best nutrition, and yet we forget what is most important, that they know the Lord. And so you are to bring your children to Christ, and you're to do so from an early age, teach them the gospel message. This is a privilege that they have, and this is the means that God works through. And the result is that many children of believers, they never know a day when they are not Christians. And this is what we want. Therefore, as Christ loves the children, so should you. Aren't we thankful for the children that are in this church? It's a blessing. But we're not to forsake this blessing. No, we're to bring them to the Lord. And thankfully, this is a church that takes this seriously. And it's evident in the work of the nursery, the Sunday school, the BBS in the summer, the youth group during the week, listening to children recite their verses. It's encouraging to hear how many of our own church are involved in the different presbytery youth events. And so for all of you who are involved in the youth work here, we thank you. And we encourage more of you to get involved in the ministry to our children A few weeks ago, I think even this morning, Pastor Rich was mentioning a need for more nursery volunteers. I'm not sure where this is at, but I encourage you to consider serving in the nursery. That is a need, and you should consider filling that need. At the very least, each one of you, we should be faithfully praying for the children in this church. And children, I hope you see that you are much loved in this church I hope you see the many benefits that you have here. Many children do not know such things. They don't have these same privileges. So know that the older folk in this church, they are praying for you. They are praying that you would know Jesus Christ as your Lord and as your Savior. And so children, you are to trust in Jesus. He is the one who rescues you from your sin. You are to see that he is your Lord and that you belong to his kingdom. Well, fourthly, you're to receive the kingdom like a little child. Verse 15, you're to receive the kingdom like a little child. There is a wider application to this passage. Jesus is also teaching that the children here are giving us an example. Whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. Now, this is not saying that children are innocent, that they are angelic, and so that is why they belong to the kingdom. Some people do believe that, that children are innocent. Children may be naive, but they are not innocent. They are sinful. This comes naturally. You don't have to teach children to behave badly. So it's not that children bring something like so-called innocence, and that's why they merit the gospel. Otherwise, That would be against the gospel. It's contrary to the gospel to say that we can bring something to God to merit entrance into his kingdom. Well, what is it about children? Well, as you know, we recently had a baby girl, Natalia, 
And this little girl can do nothing for herself. She can't feed herself. She can't dress herself. She can't get herself from A to B. She can't even get herself to sleep. She is desperately needy. She isn't contributing to the functioning of our family. No, she's taking. And she does so completely at our mercy. And that's how you and I relate to God. We are needy. We are weak. We can do nothing for ourselves. We are completely dependent. We rely completely on his mercy for our salvation. We're not owed God's grace. And not even feeling sorry for ourselves or our repentance or our humility merits God's grace. Even our faith in Christ is not what merits our salvation. Instead, faith is a channel for us to receive God's grace. No, it is Christ who has saved us. It is Christ who takes us to heaven. He is the one who has done it all. And so we need to remember this. But we are like little children. We are likewise weak. And our hands are to be open, accepting God's grace. That's how you are to receive the kingdom of God. Ferguson writes, The thrust of Jesus' words about the kingdom belonging to Jesus is this. The kingdom of God is a gift, not a right. It is given by grace, not earned by qualifications. Christ gives it as he chooses. And he's chosen to give it to these children who were brought in faith by their parents. So you are to receive the kingdom like a little child. Well, finally, Christ has come down to earth to pick you up in his arms, verse 16. Glad we've got enough water to get through this. So Christ has come down to earth to pick you up in his arms. The problem for us is that we have the wrong view of Christ. We see him in the wrong way. And that's why we confuse his grace to us. We see him as a taskmaster. And so we feel we have to accomplish something to win his merit. Or we see him as a general in the army and we are his soldiers. And if we don't toe the line, we're out. You're to come as a child into the loving arms of Jesus Christ, just like the children here in verse 16. Our little daughter, Natalia, being a newborn, she cries a lot. We pick her up. And she still cries, but we still keep holding on to her. And that's what Christ does for you. You come bringing nothing. You come crying to him. And Christ is gracious to you. He picks you up. He brings you into his kingdom. Scrivener writes, the disciples thought the children needed to grow up. Jesus says it's the other way around. The disciples must become like the children little children even. And so you and I, we must remember, we are as little children, and we need to remember who God is and his compassion. Paul writes to the Galatians in chapter 4, and he says, And because you are sons, God has sent forth the Spirit of his Son into your hearts, crying out, Abba, Father. Therefore you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir of God through Christ. Too often we are too busy trying to prove ourselves. But when in Christ, you are part of God's kingdom. 
You have access to the king. And all you have to do is cry out to him in prayer. And sadly, it's our need to prove ourselves that makes prayer so difficult. We often feel we need to be in a better position, that we need to be more sanctified, that we need to be more spiritually accomplished before we can ask. That's not how it works. I hope some of you can relate to this, and it's not just my children, but as soon as Christmas is over, they are thinking about their birthdays and the next presents that they want. Now, there may be an issue of greed there, but they boldly come before their parents and ask. They believe that their parents can give, and so they ask for more. Well, in a similar way, we must view our Heavenly Father that way. He is ready to hear. He is ready to answer our prayers. He is ready to give. And so we must see Christ as the one who picks you up and blesses you. Our call to worship from Isaiah. Isaiah prophesied about Jesus doing this. Isaiah 40, verse 11, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will, ga- he will gather the lambs with his arms. He will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those who are with young. So remember this beautiful picture of who Jesus Christ is. Jesus came down from heaven. He left unimaginable glory to embrace you who are weak and needy. He gathers you, his lambs, in his arms, and he carries you close to his heart. That is the compassion that Jesus Christ provides for you. These children were important to Jesus. As a result, they were comfortable with him. He loved them. He blessed them. And you too know that same blessing when you come to Jesus empty-handed. You too know comfort because he shows you compassion. At times we grow discouraged, but you are to remember this beautiful picture of the children in Jesus' arms and know that he holds you too. So Jesus tells us here that children belong in his kingdom and that you are to receive the kingdom like a child coming empty-handed but trusting in Christ, who is full of compassion to provide. Amen. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you. We thank you for this passage where we see your welcome to the children. And so, Lord, help us to behave in the same way. And Lord, that we would not hinder the children coming to you. Instead, that we would encourage them and send them, point them to you, knowing that you're the one who welcomes children. Lord, we do thank you for the privileged place that our children have. Lord, we pray as they hear the gospel and preach, as they see the gospel in the lives of this congregation, as they see it in the lives of their parents. And we do pray that they would respond to that at an early age and put their trust in you. Lord, we thank you for this example that the children give us. They remind us of our weakness, of our dependence, that we are weak and that we are dependent on you alone. And so, Lord, we do thank you for your grace. We thank you that you are our compassionate Savior and you're the one who blesses us. And so, Lord, when we grow discouraged, help us to remember this beautiful picture. Help us, Lord, to remember our Savior who puts us in his arms and picks us up. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, please turn your psalm book and let's sing Psalm 127a. 
Psalm 127a, uh, this psalm speaks of children being gifts from the Lord. And children that know the Lord bear no shame, but they are useful to God. Let's pray. That would be the case for each of our children. Let's stand and sing Psalm 127a.